Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Phil Donaldson begins our series of Advent Messages, today looking at the subject of hope. And now, here's Phil. Good morning, everyone. Uh, today is the first day of Sunday of Advent on the Christian calendar, and the first theme that Linda Asawa chose for me to speak on as well was one word, hope. Ever since I took on that uh, assignment, I, two words have been on my mind just about every day. Obviously, the first one is hope, and the second is the opposite to hope. Uh, that is hopelessness. This is one of the raging diseases that is infecting so many people and nations in our world today. And we all have all been feeling the uh, hopelessness that is, exists in the world uh, in such complex and difficult times. When we got to our daughter's place for a visit, quick visit last weekend, uh, we walked in and they were making a sign that was going to be put on the outside of their fence just beside the residential rail, um, mailbox, so uh, highly visible to those who would walk by. And they were uh, together painting this sign for the Christmas season. The next morning, to illustrate how often hope invested in my life these last little while, I picked up my coffee cup in the morning with uh, Scott, and uh, I just happened to have that coffee cup in my hand with the word hope on it. Then on Sunday morning, we went to their church at Woodside. And here are the, uh, the two big murals that are on the sides of the walls uh, there, hence the crazy picture I took. But hope for everyone. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. And that sums up my half-hour talk so I can be seated uh, right now. The Advent of a Life of Hope. The title thread, threading through this devotional on hope is the advent of Jesus. He came to bring to the world in new ways uh, his ever-present gift of hope. Simeon, uh, this is recorded in the New Testament, of course, looked for Israel's consolation at the advent of the Messiah. An Old Testament person, Jesus came in to the world as a baby, and he was surrounded by a a woman and a man, both prophets, who proclaimed uh, the, uh, to all those, the, uh, they, who were, they were those who were anticipating with expectancy uh, the coming of the promised Messiah. Uh, I'd just like us to look one, uh, at the beginning, one Psalm 33 and verse 17. Uh, in the Old Testament times, of course, a horse was a symbol of power and strength and wealth. And uh, that's how the psalm begins. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strengths, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May our unfailing love rest upon 
uh, may your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we, as we put our hope in you. The advent of a life of hope in the New Testament, one sample verse of what we're going to be covering. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, faith and knowledging and knowledge, resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And at his appointed season, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. God, before creation came into being, had a plan. And that plan was to bring to all peoples that he had created a message of hope. And that was to be found in a personal relationship uh, with him. And the centrality of hope stands out in these verses that we just read. It all rests on the hope of eternal life. It rests on God and his promises. So let's begin the basics of hope a little bit and how we are going to apply this, these thoughts to our own lives, I hope, and trust in, I hope, and trust in, in uh, practical ways. The definition for hope, it's not a bad one. Desire accompanied by expectation or our belief, of our belief in fulfillment. An expectation of fulfillment or success. Uh, someone or something on which our hopes are centered. Something desired or, or hoped for. I have a little chart uh, here, of course, in my engineering uh, typical ways to understand the basics of hope. So the way this uh, works is we have a hope. Uh, we, that hope is, is based on something we is going to uh, happen in the future. And uh, when it does happen, we will have a reaction to it and we will judge that as being favorable or unfavorable. And then that experience feeds back into inform future designs of hope in our lives. So uh, I'll give you... A, a brief example. I hope I am going to get a really good mark on my final exam and I want to please my favorite teacher. I wasn't the favorite ever, but... Uh. <laughs> so I write the exam and just after the exam was finished, I felt pretty good and expected a favorable mark. And then my reaction was dashed. My hope was, dis was utterly destroyed when I got an un unexpectedly low mark. And uh, that was both disappointing to me and I felt rejection as well from my teacher. And this was a recurrence in my life many times. And so that, that reaction feeds back onto the way I frame hope the next time my expectations were going to be a little bit lower. I wasn't trying for a 90, never mind the numbers. <laughs> I tried for something lower maybe. Let's just uh, look at more, a few more scriptures here uh, to uh, phrase, uh, summarize for ourselves what the Bible teaches about hope to serve as the foundation of the, of the remainder of the talk. Uh, in the Old Testament, I don't have references for all of these, but you'll recognize most of them and I have them if you want them. Lord, our hope, our trust is in you. And in the Old Testament, hope was oftentimes not just an expectation of a future, but it was a, in the context of a relationship of trust. And, and, and most times, of course, in our context this morning with God. In times of trouble, we find our hope or trust in your strength, O God, in our and your deliverance. In the Old Testament, we are to hope only in God. 
and the hoping in God is all oftentimes compared to uh, other things that people hope for, like the power of a horse and the other ones as well. Uh, and we are uh, exhorted in the Old Testament to hope in God alone. And examples of what that is represented by is the steadfast love of God, his character, his ordinances, his laws in the covenant relationship he has set up with his people. In, the general, uh, in, in general, the word of God as it was being crafted under his inspiration in the Old Testament days. And, teach, and through it, through these, his teaching, through his spirit, and salvation is another one frequently mentioned in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, um, in the New Testament, uh, some of the dimensions that show up are uh, similar to the Old Testament, maybe in slightly different contexts. God in Christ is our hope. Uh, hope in the New Testament is an expectation for something, someone, God has promised. At the beginning of the Advent story, of course, it's the promise from the Old Testament times relative to the coming of uh, the baby Jesus and the work of the Messiah, the promised Messiah to do his work as he came. But then in the New Testament age where we're talking about the church and so on, there remains a number of promises that God makes to his people about their life then and the kingdom to come. And that's very familiar uh, themes in the New Testament. Again, like the Old Testament, hope does not disappoint his own. For the people of God, he is a special relationship with them and he deposits his, his spirit in them and he loves his people in special ways. Uh, of course, there's the promise of the blessed appearing of Jesus' return and eternal life. And uh, also, hope is an, one favorite verse of mine in this study is, hope is an anchor to the soul in the midst of trials and suffering while we trust in what God has ahead for us. First uh, Peter is a good example of verses uh, like that. I'm going to take a little bit of a different journey now and uh, want to look at the, uh, the dimensions of hope from a new perspective. Steve? Uh, Hope is often seen as an emotion. I want to be a little bit, and I don't, I'm not competent here, but a clinical approach to this a little bit. And uh, hope is often seen as an emotion among uh, a lot of our emotions. And we have a complex emotional setup in our, in our creation, and uh, hope is one of them. But for a lot of people, that's all that is seen, the way they view hope, is just an emotional reaction and emotional activity, and so on. But the question forms what or who informs our emotions. And that's true of hope, it's true of many others, but I'll work it through on the basis of hope this morning. One of the ways of looking at things we're trying to understand more deeply at times is to look at its opposite. It's hot out today. Well, just be thankful it's uh, not minus 40. So we have the scale in our minds of looking and understanding uh, things around us. I, as I mentioned at the outset of the talk, I looked, thought a lot about the word, term hopeless, and we're going to expand on that in a moment. But our objective this not, and our objective this morning is to learn practically from the Lord how to move or protect ourselves from moving in the direction of hopeless and focus on being a people of hope. God. 
we want to, through that, we want to make sure that we are working with uh, moving a, from a hopeless situation in life from being reactional to being intentional. From something that just is thought out ahead of time, our thinking and our, our knowledge is, is informing our emotion, how to react, and we want to see hope in that sense as well. Uh, we want, as Christians, from our lives to not just be a hope that is framed by a view of the world that is natural only. We want to frame our thinking and our uh, beliefs and values in the presence of the supernatural God who is in our midst even this moment. We want to view all of this hope, not as the world sees it, but as the way we, the blessings that we have in his hope for us as his own. And there's a last dimension. I didn't put this in until later on, but I really felt powerfully uh, exhorted to not only practice hope as individuals, but we're encouraged by the scriptures to practice hope collectively. And I'm going to look at that in a few moments. I've called it from self-only views to inclusion of others' views. And uh, we'll take a look at that as well. Uh, I've tried to locate uh, information on emotions, and this is a kind of a chart I found frequently on the Internet that uh, shows all of the emotions that are possible and some different uh, subsections of, or higher sections of what that means to us in our, in our lives and some top-level uh, summaries of those kinds of things. I feel joy because, because, and here how I'm feeling today. So uh, I've located hopeful over here, and way over here, hopelessness. And this side is all negative and it has tremendous effect on our, the way we think and act. And these similarly in the, in the positive direction. Thinking about homeless, hopelessness root causes is an interesting study. And I, I just wanted to summarize some of the causes of hopelessness that we need to recognize that have different ways to think about them if we're in, involved in them. But here's the list of them. Some, are, some people's lives feel hopeless because of poor health at times. And sometimes that health can be physical, sometimes it can be mental. And those things can lead to a hopeless view of what's going on. Sometimes relationships make us feel hopeless. Sometimes our economic well-being leads us to hopelessness regarding our future. These are not in the normal list in, in, the, in the literature, but spiritual hopelessness can be found in people as a root cause of why their life is, seems hopeless because they have no sense of significance outside themselves and so on. Or it can be moral behavior of the past that has plagued our emotional life to say uh, things are all in bad shape and it's hopeless to, for me to try and improve. Emotional, we've kind of covered that already. And in this age, socio-political causes of hopelessness as well. There's no hope for this world that we see around us. And we have to be careful about our view of that, that above it all, there is a sovereign God who is in charge of all of the events of the world. And yet, there's all these things that are going on that we can't, are very complex, we can't understand and seemingly can't influence. That brings me to the next slide that, uh, I know this is a bit complicated, a little bit, but I, you'll see why I'm doing this in a few moments. I came across one article that I delved into and did a lot of surveys around uh, 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 the 
a structure of hope and hopelessness. On this three, in this three, in this three chart side of the chart, uh, the, these are listed three important areas of hopeful needs that every human is thought to have in, the, in these writings for, for life. And one is a feeling of attachment, one is a feeling of being in control of events, and one is very basic uh, in terms of survival. And then he took these to show what kind of hopelessness people will are out of kilter in our lives. And I've colored these to show these are bunched together by these three areas of needs that are not being met. Alienation, forsakenness, inspirationalist. These two are only seen as attachment faults. This one is seen as a combination and so on. We're not going to take time to go through all that, but this is an important thing I want to share with you in a few moments. Next slide is the, the view, four important points about hope that uh, we need to uh, take a look at. If we, you remember this simple slide we had before about my hoping about exams? Think about uh, people wondering and hoping that they're going to end up in heaven. And this chart shows that same sequence of things, but have mapped eternity into it. Things of eternal importance and our long-term being with God in this life and the life to come. Uh, we, we, I've mapped in here that people's fundamental choice they have to make somewhere along the road is they need to see God as part of their life or not. And that frames, it's a pivotal choice people make. It's a fundamental thing they may grow up with even that they have to overcome in their life to frame their their frame of reference for their life differently. And so I've mapped this with God and without God. Of course, for Christians, this, this part is very familiar. We understand it. We know that with God, we will be in eternity with him. Without God, people will not be. And uh, that is the possible outcomes. But what I've put on here as the main point of the slide is our hope is based on three aspects of who God is and what he wants us to know and feel about himself. One is his eternal plan. The second one is his character. The third one are the promises he makes. And the fourth is the provident, his providential care. I'm going to just present very briefly uh, some of those things in the next few slides. We want to be moving from hopelessness to Christian hope. And look in the Old Testament. One example we're familiar with not too long ago, we studied Ecclesiastes. And King Solomon laid this out so well where he spoke about Living under the sun. In other words, living without God. And his conclusion, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and then what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. In the New Testament. Remember that at that time, Paul in Ephesians is saying, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. He's speaking here to Gentiles predominantly. You are excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. You are without hope and without God in this world. And then there's the, the introduction in the scriptures about God's purposes, where he says, For I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And the future. The 
God's eternal plan continued in this slide for hopeless, from hopeless to hopeful living. Let's read a few of the scriptures. A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. I hadn't focused on that for a long time, but it's really hit me as I've been studying this. Before creation, God is sovereign. And he had this plan of creation that involved his foreknowledge that people would fall short of being aligned with his purposes and his moral uh, intentions for the people he made. But he also had the plan eternally, past eternity, if we can use that term, of salvation uh, for his people and bringing them and rescuing them for himself. At the And at his appointed season, another phrase that stuck out with me in this chapter, his appointed season was when Jesus came, came to the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. From the love of God, he had this plan of salvation. The, The hope that was being given to us as a gift is rooted in God's eternal plan and, of course, his uh, His perfect character. While we wait, here's one of the New Testament ones that we are still hoping for as Christians. We're not looking uh, for the Messiah to be born. We're looking for him to return. And the promises around that, the Apostle Paul says, while we wait for this blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that having been justified by his grace, we might be, become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Now, I want you to just rivet a thought here that this is not just about a ticket to get into heaven, to not go to hell, but go to heaven. Him now. And he wants to give us these gifts and empower us with this hope in our minds and hearts as to how we live for him each day. We are, we are guilty of not having that as our wake-up perspective. We are guilty of not seeing all that goes on around us through the lens of being his. And that's a challenge we can lay before us this morning. Is this a living hope in our hearts and minds now that, it, that we have that guides our attitudes, our values, and, and our anticipation of that it, it, is, that God, it is God who is working in us and for us and around us according to his sovereign purposes. So our hope is grounded in God's eternal plan. But it's also grounded, in the next slide, on God's character. And this is self-evident, but I just want to highlight it. God's character and person, his attributes, never have changed since he didn't come into existence. Because, But all we know about him is he is the same Lord Jesus who never changes. The Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope in his unfailing Love, For God so loved the world, we read that verse earlier, that he gave his only son. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. This describes God as the God of hope. He's, he's a God of positive desires for everything he made and for the people he made and so on. God's character underpins the hope, uh, the gift of hope that he has provided uh, for us. Uh, the third area is are his promises. I'd like to just read these at the time of Advent. This helps us come from being hopeless to hopeful when we recognize that God's Son was born 
a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, because that's who he is. That, that's my words added. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord empowerful. No. The zeal of the Lord Almighty. Our God is sovereign. And if that's a mystery to us as we try to understand what he's doing in the world today or circumstances around us, but always remember the hope that he has implanted in our hearts that he is the Lord Almighty who has placed that there. Another verse is uh, from Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Our brother Dave, I think, uh, Dave J. covered this last week. But you, <coughs> excuse me, Bethlehem, Dave, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> you did it well. Ephrathah, Ephra- though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old. The Son of God didn't start at Bethlehem. He was always the eternal Son of God. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be uh, their peace. The, The fourth and final foundation I just wanted to highlight is God's providential care. The evidence of God's hope is how he is looking after us today. And I'd like, I'd love to, I thought of many, many examples of people whose providential care was evident and in how God worked in their lives and, and protected them, how he cared for them, how he brought people back from, whew, I'll leave that one alone. <clears throat> so God's providential care and your heavenly father knows that you, you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, <clears throat> do not worry about tomorrow. Another verse along the same track. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now I know you're all groaning when you see this chart again. It's a, it's a spreadsheet actually. But... I, Remember what we had before was this structure of hopelessness. We had the attachment, mastery, and survival uh, just colored in. And I, in one devotional one day, I I put in here the view of a Christian and our appreciation of hope on this world chart of people sincerely trying to understand emotional behaviors and so on. Hope that God brings is the column I've added here. Alienation becomes adoption. Forsakenness becomes forgiven. Inspirationless becomes the indwelling Holy Spirit within us. People who feel powerless as Christians, we are to feel God's power. We, uh, we are not constrained. We are unlimited in, in what God has called us to do. Uh, an outlook of doom. We have an eternal view that helps inform our views and attitudes that we hold today. We've brought out, been brought out from captivity into the freedom of of Christ and knowing him, his truth, and all that he has provided to us. Feelings of helplessness. God is our helper. Uh, Do not be afraid. 
So that's one bit of the map we put in here. Another one is these over again on this side showing these attachments. We are his beloved. We are in Christ, forgiven, and so on down here. And I just mapped these out and you can refer to these to just give a bit of a word art piece as to how important it is, the, the, the gift of hope by God to us and how that works out in our lives and, and, uh, uh, and comforts us and encourages us. I'd like to uh, have two more uh, things to cover. One is, uh, <laughs> this is just for fun, uh, uh, it's just as a quick aside, we began to live in the world of emojis. So I looked up, I looked up uh, the, the one for hope. And there's some pretty interesting articles about what does this one mean? What does this, you know, when someone sends you one, you want to know what it means. And, uh, and uh, Google has theirs and Apple has theirs and so on. And we all put them on the end of it and we send a Valentine to our wife and we send, an, okay, you get it. Uh, I don't know which one was hopeless. I gave up looking for it because it wasn't really there, but hopeful. But uh, more importantly, uh, I referred to the fact that hope was not just a gift given to individual Christians. Hope is a gift given to the church, to the collection of his people. And our practice of hope is to be a shared way in which we live. Uh, we're all guilty of falling short on this, but it really hit me hard in terms of understanding that what, what, what we comes out of our mouth and what our attitude is in this particular situation often comes out unfiltered by the faith and love of Christ in us. And what, uh, what I just want to read the, this verse again. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled... Uh, sorry, purple is messing up my reading on my book. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Oh, sorry. How hope, hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Remember the, the first time we saw the hope as an anchor to the soul, we're thinking about ourselves, right? Here it's the same hope as an anchor is... What informs the soul is to be collectively shared, that it is firm and it is secure. It enters. Hope enters the inner sanctuary. Now, in the context of that reading in Hebrews, that brings us to uh, something that God wants each of us, of each of us, is to walk with him to the inner sanctuary of God's presence, week by week, and remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that brought us this hope. This verse says, he walked before us. We are to walk together collectively with him into the holy of holies and practice this gift of hope that is based on the the Lord coming into the earth to his dying uh, to do the work of salvation and to the gifts that flow from that to empower us to live our lives that are pleasing to him. And the end of that verse says, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain into the holy of holy places where Jesus, who went before us, has entered in our behalf. So let's encourage one another together, not living a life that is self-only, 
but includes others in this context and practice of hope in our lives. So in summary, I know I've lost myself and you probably as well, but here's what I was trying to say. Christian hope is a gift of God for now and for eternity, and it is incomparable to anything else that any person or anything else in the world has to offer. And our hope is incomparably certain. It's not just I hope this will happen, passing the exam. We are assured by God, according to his character, his, his promises, his uh, ongoing care over us, that that is exactly uh, what, he, what he does. His truth in us that rests on his word, his power in us by way of his spirit. He is our salvation. He is our security. He is our source for all that is good. And let us encourage one another in this hope. Empowered by God to appreciate the salvation that he brought to those who to accept them into his family uh, by faith and by God's grace. And then we have this certainty of hope uh, by which we appreciate him more, by which we appreciate him more, and by, which we, by, whom, by whom we live. This morning, as we have gazed upon you, um, Lord Jesus, we are lifted up as our hope is from you. And we uh, ask that as we go forward, we might be sharing that hope as we've heard this morning, that it might be a part of our lives, a part of our community, a part of what we offer uh, the world as an answer to their hopelessness. And so we pray that our hope might be radiant and that our lives might be an expression of the hope we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you're in the Timmins area, or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.